welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 277, the Grand National Panel Seminar from the 2019 NWTF Convention and Sports Show, and I am your host for the week because Cameron is on vacation. And the guy who is back from the 2020 NWTF convention and sports show in Nashville. And I have to tell you, I had a great time. This is normally the week when I do the NWTF show recap, but I'm not doing that for you guys this week for a couple of reasons. First of all, I want Cameron to be a part of it because I want Cameron to know what all he missed from this past weekend. And secondly, I have a ton of content from the show this year. The NWTF did fewer seminars at the show this year than they'd done in the past several years, but I swapped out what would have been recording seminars for doing interviews, and I loaded up on some interviews, and I have some amazing content to share with you guys, and I'm excited about bringing it to you. So you're going to get probably a little bit of it in the weeks to come before turkey season starts, but first you're going to get some snippets of it next week when Cameron and I do the NWTF recap episode. And today we are 30 days, 12 hours, 0 minutes, and 5 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. So this week, though, I have a heck of a treat for you. I actually have the last seminar that I recorded from last year's NWTF convention for you guys. And while I really hate to say that I saved the best for last, because all of the seminars from last year were pretty darn good, but this one Well, instead of one presenter or two presenters, there are seven people, and not just ordinary people, but there are seven grand national calling champions in this seminar. They're talking about their favorite types of calls to run. They're talking turkey calling, and they even run some of those calls for us. There's a bunch of great content in this one, and I know that you're going to be excited to hear it. And I know that you're going to learn something from this one as well. So let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode. 
I'm going to leave you guys in good hands with Steve Stoltz as the moderator, Pat Strasser, Mark Prudham, Matt Moret, Billy Yargis, Chris Parrish, and Mitchell Johnston. Tell us a little bit about turkey calling. Listen in, and I'll see you on the other side. Uh, well, welcome to the Grand National Panel. Uh, it's, it's Sunday afternoon, and obviously there's not a lot of people at the show, And so, but thank you for having the wherewithal to come and listen to these guys uh, speak. You know, you're looking at the... Uh, you know, legends in the turkey calling industry right up here. Um, Grand National Championships, I can't tell you how many uh, that Pat Strasser has won, of course, running friction. Uh, probably no better that's there ever been. Um, and what a lot of people don't know about Pat is he's an outstanding big whitetail killer. Um, hunter. Hunter killer. <laughs> um, and so uh, we welcome Pat Strasser, many-time Grand National Friction Champion. Next is Mark Prudham. Uh, Mark's won uh, probably the most accomplished Grand National winner as far as uh, total of titles, uh, such as uh, Grand National Champion Champions and Grand National Two-Man Champions and Grand National Outing Champions. And uh, too numerous to mention because I wanna, don't want to get a sore throat. But uh, Mark Prudham is uh, kind enough to be here. And uh, Mark also is really a big expert with like trumpet and wing bone calls, so you're going to kind of get that angle uh, here in this seminar. And Matt Moret, uh, I watched Matt uh, grow up turkey calling, um, and Matt watched me just get old and lose my hair. But uh, while watching Matt in 1990, he beat the best turkey callers in the nation at the Grand Nationals in, I think, South Carolina. Uh, uh, Charleston. Charleston, South Carolina. I'll never forget that. I was dating um, a certain individual's daughter at that convention. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I brought that, that up. That was uh, random. Uh, Very random. But uh, that's what happens when you get old and lose, you get old and lose my hair. But Matt, Matt is uh, not only an accomplished friction caller, but won the Grand National Senior Championship and many uh, friction and uh, U.S. Open and uh, world titles. Dating? That's all. You, I Who are you dating? love it, Williams. Oh, okay. um, Mary. Um, next is Billy Argus, and <laughs> Billy Argus is uh, my inspiration. Uh, he's I, I I can't tell you how many titles he's won, but he wrapped off. He's he's won three Grand National Championships. Okay, in in the recent six or eight years but most impressive the at two years before uh, two years in a row he won the grand nationals uh at the age of like 51 52 and i don't want to disclose his age but i'm older than him 53. so so he's my inspiration to kind of climb back into it and start trying to make cuts uh because he proved to me that it doesn't make any difference how old you are, what age you are. If you sound like a turkey, you can uh, you can impress the judges. So we got Billy Argus. Chris Parrish is the most, in my opinion, the most talented turkey caller that I've ever been around. The man knows his. I can't tell you when he hears something, he can make the sound. Uh, and besides that, he's won every turkey calling championship there is to Mankind World Grand National uh, Championships. He runner-up the Grand Nationals nine different times, won it two years in a row, uh, World Championships, and probably the biggest money winner ever, I think, in turkey calling history. Uh, it's when it, they it's not pretty close, when they used to pay money. Uh, <laughs> and then you have Mitchell Johnson, who Mitchell, again, was no, not, he, he worked very hard at it, climbed his way all the way to the top. And I can remember Mitchell uh, back in the 90s and just hanging around with us and just trying to make cuts and just working so hard on it. And eventually he, he 
kept going and kept going and wow. finally his scores rose and uh, became a Grand National Champion in 2010 and many other uh, championships this guy has won and won again on my other side one of the most talented probably the most talented soft caller that I've ever heard in competition. The, the little soft nuances and, and, and things that you can hear a turkey do, which I think is the most impressive in the turkey calling world is that all that soft stuff. So we're going to start on this end and um, uh, start with Pat. Uh, we really don't have any format lined up for this Grand National Panel. You guys came to hear these guys' insights on their calls and calling and so pat uh ask questions too yeah we'll, we'll have we'll have we questions no good with we're gonna questions. get questions and answers real quick because we don't have a lot of content <laughs> but pat real quick um we'll go through every we're gonna go through the whole panel and uh i'm sure you brought calls right there there's some calls here well, I know, but um, I'll take the friction stuff. Pick up, pick up the friction call, and, and one of the things just, just comes off the top of my head: the meat and potatoes, the spine, the backbone of turkey calling. Uh, your your way and how you do a yelp on your friction call, and what has made you so successful with your style of calling. Uh, friction calls, a lot of it, most of it is you know angle of your striker and the pressure of your striker. And, and the type of, you know, where you run it on the call. You see a, a big variation big variation in how guys run a striker, where they hold it here, 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 how tight they grip it. Uh, and you'll hear totally different sounds out of a call based on how you hold the striker. That's, that's a big thing. Also with uh, friction call pot boxes are kind of the same way, but with pots, uh, I like to hold them hardly, hardly even hold them. I like to keep them, you know, just about like that. You can just sort of take that thing out of your hand. The more you grip a pot, you sort of take away the, you know, especially in a wood call. I'm a big believer in, in wooden pots that, you know, wood, just like in a box call, wood lets it, it lets it talk. It has an acoustical, you know, part of it that if you, you can work hard and hard and hard designing a call, tuning a call, getting it all tuned up, and if you grab it like that and run it, you just trumped all that stuff, you know. So let, I always, you know, try and hold a call as loose as you can. And I like to hold the striker fairly loose. And uh, let the, I sort of just let the call, I hold one real tight. We see this, it shows a lot. The only reason I notice this so much. Hold a call real tight and real low. You get a lot of, you know, it doesn't really come to life versus just letting the call breathe and you get more, where you can get more rasp and life in a call. So as far as friction calls go, you know, I, I'm always a big believer in, you'd be surprised what you would sound like if you just loosen the grip, loosen the, you know, the striker grip. And you're only calling, on a friction call, you're only calling about the size of a dime. You know, you don't, don't want to take a big, big stroke most of the time. It just wouldn't sound natural, you know, if you, if you take too big a stroke. A hen yelp is about as quick as you can draw the size of a dime is about what a hen yelp is. So that's how I run like that. Awesome. Yeah, friction calls are really good. But grip, grip's a big thing in friction calls. Mark, uh, your trumpet calls. I, I think that um, 
you, you, you've won many Grand National Champion champions when they had that, so has Chris. I think you guys are tied with those title, number of titles. Man, thank God they ended that thing. I didn't want to have to call against him. <laughs> I, I snuck in there and won. I snuck in there and won one of them between you guys, I think. But uh, Yeah, we weren't in it. No. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank God. <laughs> it was myself and an old nun, but I did win. But uh, So... Uh, the trumpet call is a is a is a just explain why you're such a believer in that sound and how you work that call because a lot of there are a lot of wingbone and, and trumpet callers out there. Probably one of the oldest forms of calls, you know, way back. Um, Indians. The, the American Indians used uh, wing <coughs> bone out of a turkey to. They learned how to manipulate it and make the sound of a wild turkey, and I guess it kind of got modified and people started using cane because it's hollow and then they started gluing pieces of cane together to get different sounds and and today you know it's turned into a piece of wood that's been you know turned down and drilled out and it's just a modified wing bone basically is what it is and it it's a it's a call that I didn't have a lot of faith in years ago and a friend of mine Kerry Terrell always killed a lot of turkeys with a trumpet and he said you're missing out because I was a big diaphragm call. I, I mean, I would take a diaphragm call and nothing else. And it just kind of, one day I said, well, I'm going to try it. And uh, I had a turkey I couldn't do anything with and took it out. And he really responded to it. And I found out over the years that it's a really directional call. I can change the direction of the turkey. If, he's, if I'm right-handed and he's coming in over here, I can turn it and it sends the sound this way. It it'll kind of sometimes make him come more in front of you or if you're guiding you got somebody then they need to get the bird to move um there's lots of different things it, it it's a call that it it really gets the sound it projects the sound and it's it's as loud as any other type of call if you want it to be but the soft stuff carries farther um you hear a lot of these calls that you know, from where y'all are, you may not hear a lot of difference, but I've done a lot of testing, and it, it's a, I can call really soft, and they can hear it a long way. And it lets you be softer and more subtle and get some of the different light sounds, and then they still hear it, and it, it gets their attention. And it's a different sound. It'll be different than most of these sounds, but, but it's all turkey, and you'll hear that, and um, it's something that's been real effective for me over the last few years. And In fact, I've only uh, put a diaphragm in one time in the last two years. Every turkey that I've called in for myself or other people has been with a trumpet, and I got complete confidence in it. Um, it's just something that you can add. You know, I, I suggest everybody have several types of calls, but it's just another... Tool well, uh, run a some yelping with it, and uh, I have a question now. When you when you do yelp, are you a continuous flow of air, or is it separated? It's separated, and I'm pulling the air with my throat, pulling it back with my throat. You know, a lot of people suck on it, which is kind of a you can hear how loud that it can be. I mean, that will strike a turkey. A turkey will gobble at that at unbelievable distances. But you don't have to be that loud, especially if the bird's in close and you want to be a little bit more realistic. You can just kind of...
That's beautiful. That is un unbelievable. Matt, you got a friction call in your hand, and Matt, uh, again, is known for the guy that won the Grand Nationals, really, truly using partly at least friction calls. Amazing. I was there and in that finals the year you won the Grand Nationals. You were dating that girl. Then. I was dating that girl. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I even bring that up? No kidding. <laughs> Sometimes my inside voice just pours out, okay? I'm sorry. So, Matt, uh, I, 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 yeah. we've been calling soft. Let, I want to hear uh, your thoughts on running a friction call number one, but but also you got to do some of that awesome cutting that you're, you're the best that I've ever heard at taking a friction call and making it turkey. In my opinion, my well, personal opinion. I, I tell you the, the secret to competition friction calling. I learned this past weekend. Um, I got back into a calling contest on Friday with one of our guys, Josh Grossenbacher, on a two-man team. I thought I could do it. I was practicing, getting ready, just like the old days. But there's one thing that I forgot about is when you step up on stage, I went to put my striker on my call, and my hand was shaking so bad I couldn't get it down there. And that's when I was calling, That's I could control my nerves. And that's one thing that you don't realize unless you've ever been up there. The nerves, the guys that can beat their nerves, because you got that adrenaline going, that's, that's the guys that are and some guys call better like that. Which is why Michael Waddell wondered if I had a heart attack last year when I wasn't coming out on the stage, but that's okay. <laughs> like, what about in the woods? In the woods? You're a little shaky. Have you ever gotten shaky? Heck yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want to sound like a woodpecker, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but friction calls, when I, I mean, I learned on a mouth call is when, you know, I, I competed as a kid with mouth calls and my voice and, and it, where I come from in Pennsylvania, at one point in, when friction calls got really realistic, when it went from plastic to wood, it helped me. In, it helped a lot of folks in the woods because that realism's built into a friction call. Mouth call, I mean, it takes a long time, a lot of times, for guys to sound exactly like a hen. Technology's gotten better. Guys building calls gotten better. It's, it, it's a whole different process. But you can take somebody the first time to the woods and, and with a, today's friction calls, I don't care whose it is, they sound like a turkey, you know, and... and uh -huh. It, it's technology's made it a lot better, but cutting to me is when a hen's doing that. I mean, in the woods, that's a turkey hunter's bread and butter call. Get him fired up, you know. Get him cranked up. And it's been my favorite call when I am in a competition because I like to. You're painting a picture when you're calling on stage. You want you want that judge to you know feel like. There's a hen turkey out there and trying to get as realistic as possible. One of the things that you notice, Matt, his rhythms are just impeccable. That's that's real turkey. And every what I hear people do on a slate call most of the not of times, and you hear them especially in public hunting areas, they just want to do that machine gun stuff. Turkeys don't machine gun cut. They cut with real turkey rhythm like you're doing. Well she's listening. You know, she's 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 making that sound she's excited and she's listening between notes. Now, if he gets real excited, you know, or, or aggravated at another hen, oh. there you go. Uh, I'm, I'm just, I, I love it, Billy. Um, 
probably uh, one of the best I've ever heard at like Excited Hen Yelping and Yelping. You got one of the prettiest, if not the most prolific Yelp in the industry in regards to to, to scoring. I, I I I don't know anywhere Billy goes that do, he doesn't score with his Yelping. So let's talk about your Hen Yelping and what you do and the mechanics you do to, to, to not only get the plain Hen Yelp, but get some more excitement into it and let them know kind of what you're, how you're making that call, get the excitement into it. The whole deal with a mouth call for me uh, is you need to get the air channeled to the right position on that call. You can, I use a cutter call. So on the cutter call, over to the right of that call, I can stop that top reef from fluttering and get the softer calls, the softer clucks and the softer yelps. But then when I'm gonna get a little bit louder or, or do like a plain yelp and put just a little bit of rasp in it, I can channel that air back over to the middle of the call and start to get more of a, more, a little bit more rasp in it to put that realism into it. Just like he was saying about the rhythm on your cutting, even on your yelping, if you want to get realistic with it, listen to your hands. And a lot of times, hands will do a one-noted yelp. I mean, they're yelping, and all of a sudden they slow down because they're listening for a response. They're not just out there talking to be talking. They're they're listening for for somebody to answer them, for that gobbler to answer them. And when that gobbler does answer, a lot of times what I do is I I'll explode. I'll explode up into some excited hen yelp. So I'm I'm playing yelping, and then I'll explode up into that excited hen yelp. And what I'm doing then, when I'm doing that yelp, I'm basically using that whole top read. I want that whole top read to have that rasp in there and to, to get that in it. Any answer? Well, I told that gobbler right then, by doing that, the more excited cutting and the yelping, putting that excited hen yelp to him, that's telling that gobbler that I got excited when I heard him. And to me, a mouth call, your hand's free. That's the number one thing. And uh, you can get very realistic on that if you practice enough and, and get all the soft calls, all the, all the louder calls, and, and sound exactly like a real live hen. And I want to mention- Chris and I hunted together and we talked a lot about, talk about that realism. And Real turkeys, they'll they'll have hiccups, and you know when they're sure. they're talking amongst themselves. Um, but then when you're on stage, you almost have to have a little bit smoother um, calling technique. So how do you guys differentiate between hunting your hunting calls and your competition calls? Mine are exactly the same. I mean, what I use in the woods is exactly what I use on stage. Uh, but as Chris did several years ago, when I used to cover you guys or whatever. Yeah, a little stutter step yelps. There's a lot of things turkeys do, little nuances that they do that they're, you know, a turkey doesn't know what it's going to do from one minute to the next. And sometimes you listen to them and they'll 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 start stop and start a call. You know, they'll be cutting and all of a sudden they'll just break it and it'll they'll hit a high note and drop into yelping and do things and it's real. Turkeys do it, and I think that as callers. We listen to this stuff and, and we listen to these live turkeys do it and we, we 
we put it out there as in a hunting situation and it's very 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 good it's very successful a lot of times you try to take that to the stage and you know we're trying to be as perfect as possible but we want to also try to do something that's a little bit different and sometimes you take a chance when you do something a little bit different and sometimes you're going to get judges that don't you know turkey's not going to judge you on it doesn't matter the end result for the turkey is is he goes home in the back of your truck the end result when a contest when you do it is you go home with zero <laughs> but, but what you're saying though i think has uh I think that was true, but I do think it's evolved. I was just going to say, I do, now, I do nowadays, too. I do too. Yeah, I think it's came a little bit further now than what it used to be like. It used to be very program calling, and now and things are able to be stepped the, out a little bit. Yeah. I think. Yes. I think the better the hunters. Now they're they're the better. This transition the the Plus, there's yeah. a ton more information so, nowadays oh, yeah. Yeah. where you can go to YouTube and watch a hen yield, yes. seventy thousand oh, different yeah. variations. Right. Where yeah. guys were taking their woods time back then, and they had entrenched in one hand that they've ever, you yeah. know that they really like yeah. and and there's a that's lot prob that's probably the, one of the biggest things it's yeah. just you know information yeah here it is this is how it really is we were talking about that chris and i and steve actually yesterday a turkey can make any noise it wants to at any time that it wants to yeah. and, and we're on stage we can't necessarily do that but i'm with pat i see that changing i see the realism um that not necessarily was lacking in past competitions no in fact but i'm not so sure the calling wasn't <clears throat> at some point there was some hen yelping that might have been even better than, than there is now right Great. and i agree with that and but i, I see that, that that's transitioning <clears throat> over um just like jesse yesterday he put a lot of fluff into his calling but it made it real it painted a scene and, and just like steve and i both did i mean you know being on that stage billy you hear some stuff that we used to would never have put in that calling that we're able to put well, in there. One of the things was, how many people were in the Grand, uh, watched the Grand Nationals that were in here? Just Jonathan? Anybody else? So one of the things, um, uh, Mitchell and I and Billy competed in it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was, first off, I was proud to be up there with you guys. I mean, an old man like me to be able to get up there and still compete. He goes back that's, to this age thing a lot. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, but he dated this that girl. <laughs> Mary, Mary Williams. But one of the things <laughs> I, one I, one of, I'm, I'm not, I'm not bashing our calling <coughs> ability or skills, but one of the things I think in a scenario format that really shine with Jesse, and this is an accolade to Jesse Martin, is he gave, I, you mentioned fluff. I don't call it fluff. He gave just a lot of extra turkey it's all real turkey it's all real turkey but he gave a lot of the extra stuff in two different sounds and three different sounds that a lot of us callers didn't do and i'm not saying i was disappointed with my run or my sound qualities were horrible or anything like that or yours or billy's but that's what kind of the yeah. panel of judges were looking for yesterday. He let everything he had hang out there. He did. I, I, I watched Absolutely yep. he did. I mean, he didn't uh -huh. leave anything. I, 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 I am telling you. And it was all real. It he was. was. The way he calls right now, that's that's uh, that's his lane. Yeah, I'm moving to Chris since you were on Chris. Um, Chris is one of the most, again, the most talented. He is the most talented turkey caller, in my opinion, I've ever been around uh, and accomplished as well. Uh, Chris's his ability to run a mouth call and like I'm gonna have him do to demonstrate this uh, his his thoughts on, on not only yelping but cutting and how he does it and how he puts the realism to into it and 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 he used to he taught me this many years ago that that a call has to you have to have, let it recover that call has to recover when you give it a sound and 
otherwise if you run it too close together you're 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 making that call do things that it's not supposed to be doing but Chris expound on that a little bit on your your cutting and yelping well it's kind of like playing a guitar and I'm not good at it but I do play a little bit guys that are really good at it it's uh, the difference between sitting around and playing and strumming a guitar and playing a little song and strumming that guitar and the guy that can go and play with a band and he can hear the beat and the sound and and know when he's got to lead in with that lead part of the guitar know when he backs off when he when he turns the volume down and he's backing off playing rhythm again and when he has got to get into that he can read that he can he can he knows when that's happening before it ever happens he's ahead of it he knows exactly where he's going to chord where he's going to he's going to start picking and the same way with calling you know and matt said it best turkeys don't just get out there and haphazardly call they're not out there just running around yelping and cutting and they're communicating with one another and that whole the whole point is is they're listening they're listening to everything that's going on wanting a response they're calling for a response or a communication whether they're calling to a back and forth with another hen or they're communicating with a gobbler, communicating with you, you know, when you're calling to them. So a prime example is cutting. And the one thing that, that I kind of expound on, and I think Denny Galvis brought this to light years ago, is TikTok cutting. Hens cut and it's, it's you know, it's, it's broken. It's and she'll pause and she'll listen. Somebody hits them with a call, they come right back to it again, and they'll come back harder a lot of times to it, and then they'll throw in that yelp. But being able to do that when you separate it and making it real is a whole lot different than just running it all together. So I'll, I'll attempt to do it. I'm kind of rusty, but... Oh, <laughs> yeah, right. Awesome. Well, I am. Oh. She just got excited because somebody called back to her and then she brings it back down again and she'll she'll start getting back to her normal rhythms again and pick it back up but no one in doing that knowing how to communicate I think calling is you got to learn how to communicate with a turkey is way more important than the sound quality of the call if you can't communicate on the level with that turkey it doesn't matter how good you sound you've got to learn how they communicate and what they're saying out there I'm gonna move on to Mitchell real quick what kind of call are you using? That's a bat wing call. Bat wing? Yeah, that's a bat wing style call. It's got a, like a medium top reed latex and then it's got real light reeds underneath it. One of the other guys also mentioned a website that you can go to and like listening to turkey calls. Any YouTube. If you go to YouTube and just type in, you know, you can type in live hen footage and there is an expandable amount of footage you can start playing and listen to these hens and you'll get to hear and it'll show you too that there's about 300 million different sounds in yelping no two hens I mean you know for example she can do so many things with with her voice she can be She can go all the way through those ranges. You know, learn how to do that with one call. Take one call and learn how to sound like a multiple different hens. You can communicate back and forth with yourself, kind of. A lot of times that'll turn the situation yeah. around. I think a lot, of, and like he was saying, they'll, they'll go just like he was doing. It it's a like mood change. How, how you push it, and you know, a hen, she, he can sound like this, 
she can sound like this and she can sound like, and the more she pushes it she goes into you know a whole different sound and you, do, you can do the same in your friction or your air yes. you can sound like this it, end it's inflection like just end, like human more excitement mm -hmm. you put in yeah. you know so you have your wife sitting there by you correct how on the third time she tells you to take the trash out that voice is a whole lot different than it was the first time she asked you right because <laughs> we have selective hearing yes. <laughs> so mitchell is uh, i mentioned earlier about all his the the, the beautiful purring and and soft stuff and feed talk that this man is able to produce and it's real turkey i mean it just puts the hair well if you had hair it puts the hair up on the back of your neck so mitchell talk about that and 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 what i, what I want to mention is if you really want to improve your turkey calling skills to the next level don't think aggressive loud think soft because public land turkeys end up turkeys uh, turkeys that aren't gobbling and much, you know, those shut mouth turkeys, they're all going to be probably dealt with better with the soft stuff than the loud stuff. So Mitchell, uh, run some soft stuff and, and let them know what you're doing, what you're using, and uh, what goes through your mind to get that kind of, because I want to learn here while I'm sitting up here. So one of the things with, with soft talk, I remember when I first started using a diaphragm call, uh, it took me two weeks to ever get a sound out of one. It was just, it, it was just I couldn't, didn't understand it, didn't understand the mechanics of it, and didn't have anyone to teach me. Um, I'm sort of one of those guys that my dad didn't turkey hunt, my family didn't turkey hunt. I just got on this sort of on my own. Had a good friend of mine, Jonathan Miller, that still competes today. That I went to his house one day, and there's a bunch of trophies sitting over in his corner, and it had turkeys on top of it. And I was like, what in the world, man? I was like, where did you get all these trophies with turkeys? And I'm a competitive person by nature anyways. And uh, he said, man, I went to turkey calling contest. I'm like, they have those things? You know, that's sort of neat. Uh, so I just got into turkey hunting. So he started teaching me how to build a mouth call. Well, then as that evolved, um, I started learning how to use a mouth call, of course. And I remember when I first started clucking and purring when I, I, I done what I call the motorboat. So I couldn't purr with my throat or I couldn't gargle or I couldn't purr with my my tongue, I couldn't roll my tongue, so I would do what I called a motorboat purr, so I so that's how I purr, and I couldn't just do it on my own, I had to crank it, so I had to take my fingers and sort of kickstart my purr. What? Uh, but, so, well, so, I'm sorry, that's <laughs> Everybody be doing that. Yeah, so everybody's been walking up kicking. That's quite a challenge. Yeah, I'm telling you. So, but once I got to that, I sort of learned why it was working and how it was working, and I just sort of evolved my cluck of purring. So I've got a two reed batwing in, and that's one of my my go-to style calls, a batwing style call, just like Chris was calling on. And Billy's calling on a cutter call, something completely different. And I think I used as, to. Right, as, as callers and as hunters, that's why we make so many mouth calls because it, it and so many style cuts, you need to find what you can use best. And that's why all those cuts are out there because I can't use a cutter call for nothing. I mean I just I can't do it. And Billy, I don't know, you make and you run a bat wing grade. I don't know. I can, purr, um, I can, purr, he can purr. Right. Yeah, I, I remember. He, that's good. He, he told me how to do that. Right. We was actually sitting at my kitchen table <laughs> one night. One with the look. Yeah, I started my motor. Yeah. So, Billy was sitting at my kitchen table at a Christian sportsman banquet for us at the church. And, and uh, uh, we was we were building cluck and purr calls. But it's a two lead bat wing, really light. It's got a lot of uh, fluff on the front end. But 
So it's not a call that I can get real loud on. It's not a call <coughs> that I can get real aggressive on. But it's a call that all that soft stuff. All right. That's all that I've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode, then you will need to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. And in order to become a subscriber, what you need to do is text the word Turkey Hunter. Text that to the number 44222. Now, you guys who are new to the show, I want to share with you the fact that I am not mining your data for any future contact. So that when you send the word Turkey Hunter with no spaces in it, make it one word, when you send that to the number 44222, you do not have to worry about opting out of any future text messages from me. You will not get any. So I'm not going to harass you via text message when you request a link to become a premium subscriber to the Turkey Hunter podcast. All I'm doing is using this method. It's automated and it's easy for me to send you the link that you need to click on to create your username and password in the Podbean application where you can then pay the $18 per year subscription fee for the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Your $18 subscription will get you not only the rest of this week's episode, where there's tons more turkey calling tips and information, but it will also get you the premium content for all of our past episodes, as well as the premium content for the next 52 weeks. There is a bunch of content that's locked up under the premium subscription and a measly $18 per year is going to unlock all of that for you. And I will guarantee you there is at least that one little tip that you're going to pick up from the premium content that's going to help you kill another turkey this season. And for 18 bucks. You're going to spend way more than that on a tank of gas just to get in the woods. Why not spend the $18 to be the best that you can be when you get there? So is that good stuff or what? You know, as I'm recording this, I'm actually sitting here at my desk where I record all of the episodes for the Turkey Hunter podcast. And there are, uh, looks like six, nope, seven Make that seven turkey calls spread out all over my desk. Pot and peg calls, diaphragm calls, trough calls. I mean, I'm getting I mean, I'm getting pretty jacked up about the fact that we are thirty days away from turkey season starting in Alabama. I'm pumped. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get in the woods and call in a great big old Tom for me or someone else. And this week's episode just got me a little more fired up, if that was even possible to do. But it also kind of got me in that mode of listening to turkey calls so that I know what to listen for while I'm practicing. Because every one of those guys on that panel sound like a real live turkey. They're incredible, are they not? Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed it. That's all that I've got for you guys this week, but if you'll do me a favor, I would be very appreciative. My favor of the week this week is to open up the share feature 
in your podcast player application and share the link for this week's episode with two turkey hunting buddies. If you do that for me, that would be a humongous help. Not just for me, but it might end up helping you because one of the two people you send this episode to might just learn something that helps them call in a turkey for you to shoot when you're hunting together. So do that for me. That's huge, really huge. And with that, I have to say thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.